You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, let's uh, start the stopwatch at 15 minutes and talk about a subject that I think a lot of golfers confuse. I think they're trying to do the right things, but I think a lot of times they just kind of conflate the two topics or the two terms and they wind up kind of stalling out the golf swing. And we're talking about weight and pressure movements. Like one, let's talk about what the difference is between moving your weight around in the swing versus moving your pressure around in the swing. Yeah, I think, um, I guess over the last few years with the more and more golf professionals having access to a pressure mat, I think we're starting to see this topic discussed a lot more. And I think that's good, but I think a lot of people may be a little bit confused about how to use them correctly. But as far as weight versus pressure, I think of weight as moving the mass of the body around, like, you know, moving your your body to the right or your body to the left and pressure would, would just be, let's say I, I stand there, stand tall with my feet shoulder width apart. If I just pick up my left foot, all the pressure at that point is under my right foot. That's kind of how I explain it. If you can think of it like that, you're not really moving. You don't really have to move your mass to have your pressure move around. Right. If you're standing in kind of just talking posture and you're, we're having a conversation, you're pretty much going to have your weight, and your pressure distributed kind of 50-50 over each foot. And pressure is basically the vertical force that you're putting into the ground under each foot. Exactly. That's it. So if you're standing there at a posture, you know, a talking posture, and you're just talking, you're going to be pretty 50-50. Now, once you start moving, and if you think of kind of like a Barry Sanders cutback move, uh, I, I use that, that, that analogy in a lesson and – was I think the kid was 18 and he looked at me like I had three heads. He had never heard of Barry Sanders. Sanders. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully a lot of you guys will know who Barry Sanders is. If you want some entertainment, hop on YouTube and watch some highlights of him. It's unbelievable. But what you're going to see is if he's going to make a move to the left, right? He's going to cut back and go left. He is going to push off and send his pressure sharply to the right as his center of mass is moving to the left. So he's now, you know, when we're talking and when we're standing up in posture, we basically both are moving together, weight and pressure moving together. When we start moving dynamically, we start to see those things separate. And mm-hmm. if, you're, you're, if you're doing a cutback or, or something really dynamic movement where you're changing directions, they should separate. So most golfers, I think, one, kind of think about them in terms of being the same. So everyone knows what their mass is doing in the golf swing or can feel their mass, right? Because you can look on a video and see where your body, if it's shifting and swaying and all that. It's much more difficult to see pressure. You really can't see pressure. It's a force into the ground. So I think if you can kind of come to grips with and understand how those two can be different, 
can really start to take advantage and leverage the ground to work in your favor, not only for the consistency of a swing, but in speed generation. And I think, you know, the, the story that I can think of just as far as my own game, you know, before I started looking at this stuff with Mike, Mike was the first one I knew that even had access to a swing catalyst. And he had it and he had done some good work on it and had given a couple of presentations, I think, that I had seen. And I'm thinking to myself, man, my swing looks pretty good on video, but it's just not performing. It, it was kind of a pretty swing. Um, it hit, it checked all the boxes in terms of plane and what the pivot looked like, but this wouldn't hit in as many good shots as I wanted. And I wasn't getting the kind of, uh, club head speed that I thought I should get for how strong I, I was at the time. And, um, you know, w- once I started talking to Mike about it and said, man, I'm, I'm missing an ingredient here. I think this is a measurement that, of a dynamics that we can't get when we just look at video and again, you might have a pretty looking swing, but you don't know kind of what's under the hood until you get on a pressure mat or a force plate or force plates and just really see what's going on in terms of the dynamics of the swing. And then that's where you really start getting the performance upgrades. And you're exactly right. And we hear that all the time. We hear it a lot from pros. We hear it a lot from the good amateurs who, they, when they come in, they're like, you know, everyone tells me I've got a good looking swing, but I know what it feels like and it doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm missing something or it feels like I'm, I'm not taking advantage of something that when I see these other good players do, it looks so much easier. It was like the, the duck on the lake. You can, it looks calm on top, but you, you know, he's really pedaling the feet and really working hard. And that feels like I'm working hard and not seeing the production from it. And when, when you hear that, you almost instinctively know there's going to be something wrong with how they're using the ground. And we talk about pressure because I think a lot more teachers now have access to pressure mats or pressure plates, but we're not really talking about the shape of those things necessarily. We're talking more about the timing of when you Mm -hmm. change directions in the swing, when you spike those forces and you can get really into the weeds when you start talking about the dual plates and creating moment arms and how you position those force vectors across the body center of mass. But if you just think in the simplest terms of the timing of it, when that Uh combined center of pressure moves and where it moves, you can really start to, the the comment we hear all the time is, you know, I felt like I just chipped that ball and it went as far as it did when I first started because I was efforting and this is so much easier. So it's like found distance and in a sense, it's like easier distance because you're efforting a lot less. You're starting to use the the ground now to help produce body movements and club head speed. And it makes the swing so much easier to do and so much more effortless to do, which we all like that pretty effortless guy that hits the ball a mile, right? None of us want to feel like we're killing a snake because at the end of seven holes or at the end of 15 holes, that gets tiring. You want that swing that, you know, that just looks like you can put it on repeat like a Roy McIlroy. Just put it on repeat and watch it all day long because it doesn't it doesn't look like he's efforting compared to how far he hits it and how, how powerful he is. And the way I think about it too, it was a good point. Is if you can if you can learn to use these dynamics uh, and, and get the pressure moving, I guess correctly, you would say in the swing because there's definitely a wrong way to do it in my book because I was doing it wrong. Um, not only do you get the benefit of more speed, but you're not, I feel like you're not having to manipulate things at the ball as much. You're more and more of a freewheel 
kind of mode with your swing and and as long as you have a decent grip the club face ends up kind of squaring up when it should um with with the right angle of attack so many things happen for you when you're doing this correctly instead of you having them i I always used to feel like i was steering the ball a little bit um you know i get on a tight hole and i'm trying to steer the thing out there because you know i just don't have this motion in my swing or i didn't used to and now i feel like i can go ahead and rip it and the harder i hit it the straighter it goes and um, that's a pretty good feeling that uh, i never had before until even the last couple years i've just started to really lock this into my head how i need to be moving it's helped a ton we shot a video i forget it was early part of 19 maybe the latter part of 18 and your club head speed i'm pretty sure it was 19 your club head speed was 114 uh-huh. And you've been working on this pretty diligently the last couple of weeks, and something clicked for you. Uh-huh. What is your club head speed now? I mean, I was able to get up to one twenty five the other day for the for the first time ever. So eleven miles an hour, and you've really never been into the twenties with a golf club in your hand. We've done Mm-mm, some never some other kind of training aids, and you can kind of get it up there. But as far as playing golf swing goes, you've really never been into the twenties which would have been a six mile an hour increase for a good player. That's almost unheard of, but you've increased it 11 miles an hour by simply being able to kind of harness and utilize what we're talking about in this, in this podcast. Yeah. You know, just my understanding of what I'm supposed to be doing and and the the timing of when we're, we're making these movements, especially we'll, we'll get into it in another episode, kind of the rhythm of the motion, um, allows me to kind of load things up and unload them at the right time. And it really does feel like I'm not working as hard on the downswing. And uh, the club head is, is picked up 11 miles an hour, which is pretty unbelievable. And I saw 125 on there. I almost thought there was a, a problem, but then I did it again. <laughs> and uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool to see that number there because I, like you said, I'd never even been in the one twenties before. Well, the cool part about that is when you move the club that fast with what feels like less effort, you're exactly right. Like no, there's nothing guaranteed in the golf swing. Like a good grip guarantees nothing. Nothing's guaranteed, but you can start to get things for free, right? You start the club starts to find that plane much easier. The face starts to square much. Easier. You start to get a lot of things free when everything starts to get on the same page. You start to get that flow and that efficiency in the swing that we all admire when we go out to the range of these pro tournaments and watch the best players in the world. How easy they make it look. They're efforting. They're just doing it so much more efficiently, and that's what you're tasting now because you're seeing the outcome, the production go up. Yeah, and, you know, part of it is, I, I, like you said before, I felt like I was working so hard to get 114. It, it's, it was really eye-opening to feel what 125 felt like because it, it really did. Uh, I felt like I was doing a little more work on the backswing than I'm used to, um, but once I kind of got things locked in, on the backswing and transition that the, the freewheeling feeling coming down was a good feeling because like I said, I was always felt like I was having to steer everything. And that takes a lot of work to feel like you're holding off the club <laughs> through the ball to try to keep it from going in a certain direction. And it's really no fun either. And, and golf just got a lot more fun uh, now that I'm starting to kind of understand all this. And, you know, my teaching, the my ability to help golfers is, is really keeps getting better. And, and, the more we understand this, we're able to help people so much faster and it's less work for them too, because it's more athletic. 
he's like, oh, yeah, I used to play baseball. That's kind of what that felt like, you know, thinking to myself, you throw a ball, you wouldn't step your foot and throw your arm, you know, throw the ball at the same time. There's a sequence and a timing to the motion. And once they kind of lock into that, uh, light bulbs go off. Yeah, and you know when it really becomes a lot of work? When there's water left and out of bounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it runs your stress level up. So let's talk about it because I think you hit the nail on the head there just from our, our conversations when you were do, going through this and when you were sending me the screenshots of the of the launch monitor. You predominantly did this increase in club head speed with an improvement in the takeaway and early backswing, right? Absolutely. This wasn't a downswing thing where you went to the gym and did a, you know, a thousand box jumps and all that. You basically changed it by changing or increased it by changing your takeaway and early backswing. You want to talk about that when we got a few minutes left? Yeah, it's a huge deal. So a, um, my pressure used to stay too centered on the backswing. So it would stay in the middle of the stance till I got almost to the top of the swing. And what you want to do is try to see that get to the right of the center of your body or center of mass early. So I added a little early trigger left. If you can visualize like a, a lesser version of like a Sam Sneed, that little kind of trigger left. And then I let my body, uh, my, my kind of takeaway get a little bit faster so I could add a little more hip speed and, and, um, or, or kind of rotational speed early. And that sent that pressure to the right and allowed me to wind up my body and get the stretch to my body in the backswing instead of trying to do it in the downswing. And that's probably going to be for another episode. <laughs> Some of yeah. these bad ideas that we've tried to do over the years in, in regards to the sequence. We've collected, you know, we've collected so much data now with amateurs and professionals. And when you, when you compare the two sides of the aisle, so to speak, right, it doesn't take long into the golf swing to see a huge difference. And when you look at the, the pro side of the ledger, they move the body and the club much faster at the very beginning of the swing, like mm-hmm. inches off the ball. They're getting things done. They're moving faster. And then you, you glance over to the left side of the ledger there and you're seeing the amateur swing. There's so little moving. The club's just getting to the top. And then as it gets to the top, things start to speed up. That's when the pros are slowing down. So they're doing work. They're creating momentum. They're starting the shift away from the target. Really, in some cases, before the club even moves. That's what I've been totally feeling. Yeah, it's like a trigger almost. Mm -hmm. And so many amateurs will think, okay, I know I'm going to go left, so I'm just going to stay here in the middle or maybe cheat a little bit left. And you really rob yourself of that springboard that you found in your golf swing now. You you get this boom right, boom left, and the rotation gets such a stretch and a rubber band type feeling to it versus having to muscularly force all of those movements to happen. And it's an unbelievable feeling when you do it. It really is. I'm, I'm having way more fun playing golf again. It's, it's been a long time since I've had this much fun hitting balls. And the swing, you've showed me your swing. It looks so much better. Like it, it's a, it it's just it cleaned up so many things, and you had a good swing before. Yeah, it was good, it but up. it was, it was good, but it was too, um, it was too like wooden. There was not enough flow to it. Was it. Too golf uh, totally. it was too golf. Totally, it was too golf. It was too golf. Pro was, shop, yeah, swing. pro shop swing, right? I didn't want to break anything in the pro <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> now it looks like an athlete again. Yeah. Perfect. And when, when you teach guys this in lessons, it's always the comment they hear was either, I used to do this when I was a kid, or this feels like when I was playing baseball, or this feels like a slap shot. Mm. 
it always, the, the description is always, oh, this feels like a golf swing. No, it's always, it feels like something else explosively athletic. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, absolutely. No other athlete that I can ever recall, and I've been fortunate to be around some Hall of Famers in other sports, no one has ever done anything, dunked or whatever, and go, man, that felt like a good golf swing. Right? It's always <laughs> yeah, exactly. the other way around. It's like, this golf swing felt like a dunk. It felt like a, yeah, a yeah. cutback. I mean, it, it felt athletic. And I think if you can learn to grasp that you use your weight and pressure to really create these dynamic movements and then harness what you can do at the ground, you're definitely going to raise your clubhead speed. You can't promise you're going to be Sean world-class level <laughs> improvement, but you will certainly see it go up. But let us know in the comments if you'd like us to go more in depth on this, because we got a lot and we'll do more on this before, you know, in, in future episodes, but it's such an easy way to boost club head speed and it makes the swing better and you get faster. I mean, it's like, I, mean, I don't know what else you'd want. <laughs> it pretty much does it. <laughs> All right. Makes me happy. We're out of time. What do we need to talk about? I think we're done. Um, I would say if, if you're getting uh, something out of these podcasts and it's helping you with your game, uh, please go on iTunes and leave us a, a written review if you can take just a couple minutes and leave us a five star. Uh, that helps other golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many golfers as we can get better, and you guys can help us do that. Guys, everyone who's given us good reviews and ratings, Sean we has your check it. in the mail, and uh, you yeah, should be seeing that any day. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys is, for absolutely. listening. We'll see you on the next one.